I drink your milkshake. You are listening to the Billionaire Podcast Network. Welcome to Lost in the Maze, number nine. This is the ninth one, the ninth Lost in the Maze, only on the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka-ching! Bing, 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 bing! Fill her up. This is Lost in the Maze. This is the solo show on the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka-ching! Bing, 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 bing! Fill her up. And... It, this is it, you're you're listening to you're watching or listening or rather watching and listening to yours truly the first billionaire podcaster the caucasian copperhead the daniel Plainview of podcasting the caucasian critic darth brooks white sonat it's your boy dalton pruitt welcome to the program up top uh please subscribe to the youtube channel uh apple podcast spotify rate review subscribe whatever whatever you're supposed to do to help the show however that works um i don't know carpet bomb other forums go to subscribe to gas digital just to uh invade the racist live chat and tell you know promote this show during an episode of real ass podcast um you know, I uh, look look for look for uh, like big accounts on on X, formerly Twitter, talking about the Israel Palestine conflict, and just you know reply with a link to this show. Uh, but mo- most importantly, Patreon.com slash Cornfed with Dalton Crew. That's Patreon for this channel. Five dollar, ten dollar, fifteen dollar tier. Twenty five dollars gets you the. Fraternal Order of Corn Fed Decal, and if you send me a list of your enemies, I will call for a jihad upon your enemies. Uh, I've already done that for the first person that's gotten the decal, and I'll do that for anybody that uh, signs up for that tier. Uh, And you do have to be subscribed for three months to get the decal, so it is effectively $75 for a sticker. But you also get a jihad, um, which is a hot button word. Uh, but it is, hey, look, it's part of the Muslim faith, and I've recently converted to Islam. I'm allowed to to practice any religion that I want, and I find the Quran to be a beautiful work of literature. And uh, that's how I that's how I spent my time in prison. It was either it was either convert to Islam or join the Aryan Brotherhood, and uh, I you know I decided to. Uh, worship uh, at the at Allah, <laughs> pray five times a day, facing Mecca. Which begs the question: Do Muslims have like the, the same sort of thing in their heads as like you know, like how birds have like a magnet in their head, so they know where to go for migration? So when when they say that you're supposed to pray facing Mecca, do do Muslim people just have? Do they have do they have like a like a mecca magnet in their head so they know which way to face no matter where they are geographically when they pray because i if i if you were to um you know if you, if you were to ask me to pray facing like the the like the next town over from where i currently am i wouldn't even know like which direction to face so i couldn't imagine like if i was to try and pray from where i am facing mecca i have no clue what uh i have no sense of direction because i grew up with uh gps so when i when i learned to navigate it was with a um 
at that time it was either with a uh, Tom Tom or a Garmin and at the time it's crazy because at the time those were the future when when the Garmin and the Tom Tom came out it, it was finally no more are we burdened with the Rand McNally Atlas that you had to buy at the Walmart no more no more do we have to to fuss with these maps it's all available at our fingertips with this extremely faulty and slow technology that is the Tom Tom and the Garmin. Uh, but it was it was such the, it was such a novel thing at the time that you could, you know, suction cup this device to the windshield of your car, key in an address, and, and then you could uh, install different voices to t give you the directions. So you could have you know. Mike Tyson telling you how, how to how to get to the Cheesecake Factory, you know, turn that was I, I was dipping into Jay. But what if it was Jay Leno? I was like, hey, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? You gonna you want a slight left at the fork <laughs> to get to, the, to the, your destination? Will be on the right. Uh, and so the, that that the, those those were big. They ran a lot of ads for those, and they were really pushing them at the Best Buy. You got to get you a Tom Tom or a Garmin. And then those were quickly usurped by uh, just the apps in our smartphones. So no more did you have to suction cup the GPS to your uh, the inside of your windshield to to navigate. You could then stare down into your lap as you try to figure out where to go as you're driving, and and possibly uh, get into a collision because <laughs> because you're trying to figure out how to use google maps while you're driving you can't text and drive don't ever text and drive but do type in chinese food near me while you're driving so that you can figure out where you want to take the family to eat so, <laughs> as you're while you're on the road you know, type it type in red lot where's the red lobster i thought i thought i knew where it was now we're lost and i gotta be uh, on the call an audible to, to get to the red lobster and you know pray that i don't uh kill my entire family trying to get endless shrimp it's shrimp fest at red lobster and um and all those restaurants suck now i think we talked we did talk about this on the uh the other podcast but yeah all the uh all the all the mid-level chains are terrible now the price of everything's going up the food sucks and all that's left is fast casual in terms of like a cheap family outing for like decent food at a, at a somewhat affordable price so you can either go to Chili's or Freebirds Qdoba uh Genghis Grill maybe I you know I don't know what people have where they are there's a lot there's a lot of places that just do burritos or they started doing burritos I don't know what happened when I was a kid it was a uh, and, and, and Chipotle first came around. It was they had the burritos. It, it, was, it was it was this uh, you know this this sort of like absurd burrito was the idea. It was just, what if what if we made the biggest burrito you've ever seen? And that's what Chipotle does. And it was like a special treat as a kid to go get like this giant like just the unwieldy burrito that they would make. And then like something happened where I, maybe they did the market research and determined these burritos are falling apart as people try to eat them it's it's a it's a messy impossible cumbersome meal this giant burrito so what if we took what if we offered something where we took the insides of the burrito and just put them in a fucking bowl for people <laughs> and, and make a burrito bowl uh, which, which is like, it's not, it's not a burrito bowl. It's it, it, like, at that point, it's just a casserole. It, like what makes a burrito a burrito, I would assume is the, uh, the tortilla is burrito is a burrito. So if you remove the innards from the tortilla and slop them into a bowl, uh, you know, at that point you just have like, just a bowl of different ingredients, which I like would be like, what, like a seven layer dip or a casserole of some kind. <laughs> Like a like a Mexican lasagna maybe is what you would call it, but it's definitely not a it's not a fucking burrito because the 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 main the com, the component 
that makes a burrito a burrito is the tortilla. So just taking the ingredients from the like that would go inside a burrito and put them in a bowl, you can't like you can't just call that a burrito bowl. It's just it's just a like a bowl of Mexican ingredients. Uh, like I don't know, just call it the Mexican bowl. <laughs> call it the, yeah, call it that. Call it fucking slop. Call it you know, call it guy the Hispanic slop, Mexa slop. There you go, Mexa slop. Uh, but it is tasty. That is my go-to at Chipotle. The burrito bowl with both uh, black and pinto beans, white and brown rice, grilled veggies, steak, every salsa, lettuce, uh, um, cheese, sour cream, guac, and then uh, and then you sit down and eat, eat by yourself at the chipotle just have a big chipotle bowl by yourself and i'm not in chipotle the best the best thing about chipotle to me is like i'm not normally like a fan of uh tabasco sauce i think it's one of the uh weaker uh uh maybe a, like a c tier uh what, what, what hot sauce sommeliers would call table sauce uh, you know, if, I, if I'm going for a table sauce, uh, I would go Cholula or uh, perhaps Tepatio, Valentina maybe. But uh, I've always considered Tabasco to, to be lesser than in, in terms of uh, table sauces. However, at the, I think we all know where I'm going with this. At the Chipotle, they have the uh, Tabasco variant, the Chipotle Tabasco which is transcendent it, that that chipotle tabasco is delicious and i am i i'm taking a bottle for myself at the table and dousing my bowl in the chipotle tabasco and then i'm stealing the bottle because i i don't know if you can buy that at the store it might be like a baja blast situation where you can only get it at the restaurant uh which now you can get, I think you can buy Baja Blast at the stores, which kind of takes away a lot of the magic of Baja Blast. Uh, because, uh, you know, that used to be, you know, one of, one of the special, uh, you know, special treats, uh, uh, that came with going to a Taco Bell. One of the, like, one of the main reasons I would go it, that I really enjoy going to Taco Bell is for the Mountain Dew Baja Blast, much like how I don't care for regular Tabasco. I don't necessarily care for regular Mountain Dew. It, it, I've never really uh, cared, like, the taste of it. Like, whatever Mountain Dew is normally, uh, it's, it's never been good to me. I've never really enjoyed it. But the, the, Mountain, the Taco Bell Mountain Dew variant Baja Blast is topped S-tier, S-tier soda one of my favorites and that was like the reason to go to a taco bell you know aside from the you know the delicious food but it was like i really want more than anything i want that baja blast and it, it always made going to taco bell feel like like true like a grand adventure and then like i start seeing baja blast in the stores and it, it's it's like we like what you don't understand that there needs to be restrictions on certain things. We can't have unfettered choice everywhere we go. We we need to be limited in what we're allowed to have at any given moment. So that A, so that things have more meaning. So that like the things we do enjoy and hold out for and make and make the time to experience at the places in, in which we are able to experience it. So that the, the, that those things like actually have meaning and purpose for us, and B, it's it's to let people know you don't always get what you want, and you have to practice self control and delayed gratification. So if you want Baja Blast, you got to go to a Taco Bell. You can't. You have to. It has to be for whenever the next time you go to a Taco Bell. It shouldn't be something you can get during your grocery run. It has to be for when it's time to go to Taco Bell. It's also time to get Baja Blast. It's not supposed to be at the store. The store is supposed to have regular Mountain Dew, Code Red, and the new Major Melon, which is a, the Major Melon is also very good. But keep the Baja Blast at Taco Bell so that it's it's special. 
it has meaning within the parameters within the restrictions therein lies the meaning but if you remove those walls and allow the baja blast out of the taco bell and, and allow it to run rampant throughout all of our markets grocery stores and convenience stores and make it more accessible to the public the baja blast loses all meaning okay there's too much supply at that point and, and the demand dips because now it's no longer you know you know uh, it, 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 the the allure is not there uh because it's it's just, you know you just have it whenever you want now the 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 enticing fact the most enticing factor that is goes with baja blast is the fact that you could only get it at taco bell and, and so you know but <clears throat> you know we're spoiled so we just have to have baja blast on demand now nobody we, we you know the market dictates that you just you're just supposed to be able to have whatever you want whenever you want and and, and you should never have to want for anything just com completely unfettered access to everything at all times instant infinite pleasure all the time anything you want for a price as long as you're willing to pay for it the market will supply it for you <laughs> that's the, that's the way things are heads you know that that's what that i called that when streaming came around i said that when, when people started first using that term binge watching i told all of my friends i said this is a bad idea this, like this can't be good for people to sit down and watch 10 hours of TV at a stretch, to watch like an entire season of television, uh, like in, in one or two sittings, to just like, like that never sat right with me. And, and at first it was like, a, it was it was like a social thing. It was like um just a, a thing people started, were like calling it on their own. And then once, you know, once the streaming services caught on that this was like entering the zeitgeist, the, the, what people were calling binge watching, then they started marketing everything that way. And then they started like producing the, the shows to, to cater to binge watching. So they have it in mind that people are fat fucking gluttonous pigs for everything in this country and, and, and now including TV. So they're, they're like writing and producing and making these shows with the, the, with the idea in mind that they are to be binged. So it's like entire seasons of television are being written and, and made in a way to, to like get people to just sit on the couch for eight hours and shovel it into their heads. And, and I don't think that's like an effective way to engage with any art form is to just like force yourself to watch it for eight or nine hours at a stretch because it's there but it, it's it, it's also just like not healthy at all like there's no it, i mean who am i to talk about like health in any regard mental physical or otherwise but it's like a, i can at least recognize the fact that like you know you know if you if, if there's like an hour drama that you like one or two episodes tops in a, in a sitting but just sitting there like i saw that like suits is is like the number one show streaming right now like there's like billions of people like really getting into suits and and, and just like burning through this entire series uh, a, a series a series which i've li literally had never had any interest in uh i know it's about lawyers or whatever but it's you know it's like an hour-long draw like usa drama or something so i i i can only guess that it, it probably has more than more episodes in a season than like like prestige drama so it's pr probably anywhere from like i'm guessing like 15 to 20 episodes a season maybe 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 13 episodes who knows but you know pe people are just sitting there in front of their tvs just like guzzling this down hour after hour of this show and i don't know like how much of it they're actually uh um remembering or taking in it's just you know it's slop tv but that 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 just like the word itself binging like that's 
prior to streaming, I had only ever known that uh, like associated with like eating disorders. Like you either you either binge and, and get fat and, and, and you know develop some sort of like diabetes or something, or you binge and purge. So you you binge food and then shove your fingers down your throat and get rid of it, which is how a woman is you know stays attractive. Uh, uh, but yeah, and so, so then now it's like all the streaming services and the way TV is made is is for binging, which is which is like the same philosophy as as like a a, tw a twenty one year old woman who looks in the mirror and thinks she's you know she's eighty pounds, but they think she looks like Lizzo. Is it, like that's what TV is now. Is like we're all uh uh just just a, a 21 year old woman with bpd and some sort of eating disorder and that's how we consume television these days the same as <clears throat> the same the same as a rich white lady uh, you know with rich parents who's who's depressed and can't stop eating and can't stop throwing up because that's what we do we actually do binge and purge you watch uh, an entire season of TV and, and then go on social media to, to you know, spill your thoughts about it. You gotta, you gotta get it out. Cause everybody has to, everybody has to hear your opinions on, uh, you know, oh, I, you know, fifth time watching the office all the way through. And I just noticed this, this and this or whatever. And, um, yeah, it just, you know, it just, it doesn't seem healthy, but that's, uh, you know, that's 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 what we need here. We are we are uh, uh, choices everywhere, I infinite and instant access to all pleasures all the time. Uh, uh, just come, you know, at, at our at our fingertips, at our whims. Um, entertainment, food, pornography, uh, just music, everything. You don't have. There's no. <clears throat> you know you don't you don't have to work for it anymore there's nothing uh you know everything's available all the time whenever you want it instantly and infinitely therefore none, none of it really has any meaning you know the the the, the parameters uh uh that guide our life the 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 sort of structure of uh just structure is what gives life meaning i would say like in your day-to-day -day, like having actual structure is what when you when you work within those parameters that that's sort of like the game that's being played that gives like your existence like a, where you find meaning is within the structure but then if you remove the structure in the way that we we have where you just have like you can just do whatever you want whenever you want and, and you have access to everything you've ever wanted all the time infinitely and instantly uh, um you know then it's it's just an endless uh, uh stream of of information and entertainment being pumped into your skull and uh, uh and you know forgive me for referencing what i'm about to reference but that's the plot of infinite jest that's what that book warned us about was the uh loneliness and addiction that comes with uh, a society where uh, pleasure and entertainment are are provided for us uh, constantly at, at you know in, in every facet of life, where you just have like constant it, it just entertainment and pleasure and information and, and news and and the corporations run everything or you know blah blah blah, but. Yeah, I mean that that's what, you know, that's what he he tried to warn us, you know. The book is like uh more um it, you know, uh like what what happens in the book is that there's it's like a spooky videotape. There's like this videotape that's being sent around to like all these different addresses and so if you like put the tape in and watch it, it's like it's so entertaining and so mesmerizing, hypnotic that whoever's watching it they just keep watching it over and over and over again and, and until they waste away and die just in a in a puddle of piss and shit and vomit and decay 
and, and it's it's sort of like a, intentionally like a like a pretty heavy-handed metaphor for like the direction things were heading when he wrote the book and where we are now where that's like essentially what we do and i'm adding to that by uh doing what i'm doing right now <laughs> i'm i'm you know throwing my hat in the ring as part of the endless stream of entertainment uh you know like people have told me that that, that this show is entertaining in some way it's it's content it's something to uh uh you know observe and, and watch and ingest uh infinite ingest <laughs> and so i you know i'm not uh innocent in all that but you know that is what we have now and i can't yeah i get what i get what he was going for especially like whenever i watch like uh stuff from like kai sanat where i'm <laughs> these streamers where i'm truly like i don't what is this like they're going they're, they're streaming for fucking hours like 10 11 12 i mean that's as much as i just talked about binge watching like scripted television that at least that's like the 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 suboxone to the fucking opana that is kai sanat i mean jesus christ that dude is is like i i can't wrap my head around it and i don't know if it's like if I'm speaking from a place of like being older than him or that like that viewership, or if I'm just speaking from a place of like just being like having any sort of awareness of like, this seems dangerous. Like whatever's happening on these streams seems like harmful to anyone that's observing it. Like it should be unplugged. It, 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 it should be like, um, like that movie surrogates with Bruce Willis where at the, at the end they, like unplug all the all the robots that people are using to exist in in life instead of actually having to go anywhere and then everybody's forced to go back outside for the first time in forever there was probably a better example i could have gone with for how i'm trying to explain how, how we need to uh uh unplug from uh streamers like kai sanat and xqc and all that but i went with the movie surrogates with Bruce Willis, which I saw as a double feature. Not, it wasn't like an actual double feature, just back to back. I went and saw that, and then the movie, uh, what was it called? Pandorum? With, uh, I think it was Ben Foster and Dennis Quaid, which is a good, that's actually a good movie. Surrogate sucks, but Pandorum, I remember thinking that was actually a pretty fun movie with a, uh, delightful twist ending. Um, it's you know it's campy or whatever but Pan pandorum's fun and uh yeah so kai sanat uh and, and like i said maybe it's just an age thing or maybe it's just, maybe it's not my cup of tea i don't know i mean are you are you allowed to not like things anymore that's the question because anytime you express any sort of like dissident opinion now about any any form of entertainment or whatever's out there you, you get hit with these people saying like just let hey, damn man let people enjoy things why 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 you hating just let people enjoy things and it's like enjoy good things like why can't you just enjoy something good you know and then they're like well that's your opinion and it's like i don't know this might be an instance where like this is objectively bad like this this is beyond like subjective experience this is just like objectively fucking terrible and harmful to people what what these people are doing and you know they're the most famous wealthiest entertainers on the planet right right now but it just it just something about it seems like very insidious and like like watching them it's also very like unsettling like if i'm watching like i was watching clips of this guy the, the kai, i'm hung up on kai sanat this is this is the kai sanat uh uh this episode or maybe an appreciation of but it gave me it gave me the same uh like feeling like unsettled feeling inside of me like the same vibe as those um those like elsa gate videos that were like a big deal a few years ago like those those uh youtube videos that were being made that were ostensibly being targeted to children that weren't necessarily violent or like overtly violent or sexual but they had this like tinge of so, so, so some sort of je ne sais quoi 
some 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 sort of something going on in there in the dna of these videos like it was just like these very like unsettling videos where it's like spider-man and elsa swinging on a swing set and then elsa's like paddling spider-man on his little bottom while uh and like you know like we all remember we know what i'm talking about uh the elsa gate controversy where it was like these these sexual but not sexual violent but not violent videos featuring like children's characters doing things that were getting like tons and tons of views that had this like sinister undertone like some sort like they felt cursed and and that's the same sort of vibe i get watching like kai sanat or xuc or or like a lot of these streamers some of them are it's just it's just like retards like honestly like that is like xqc or hassan piker it's just like oh i'm just watching like a guy with some sort of disability uh you know try to wrap his head around like geopolitics even though he's like not only unqualified to speak on these things but like you know you know his brain won't allow him to learn or consume information in any meaningful way and were he not the nephew of uh the the guy who you know founded the young turks he would have no cultural relevance uh but um yeah i mean that that's 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 my beef with kai sanat is it just something about it feels very uh sinister insidious unsettling disturbing watching it but I just can't peel my eyes away from his big, bright, white, shining teeth. God, he's got some big-ass fucking teeth. Um, and I've been been trying to figure out my angle politically because, uh, you know, over the over the like recent years, we've had um, a lot of different people position themselves politically in a way, uh, especially on these for- these types of forums, YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Rumble, uh, you know, different different content sites, if that's what they're called. Uh, but there's there's been all kinds of different like uh, 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 personalities pop up in the recent years that have some sort of political alignment um, to that they like will position themselves as to speak on and offer their perspective and point of view. And whether they're sincere about it or not, whether they actually believe the things they're saying or not, they're making money doing this. Whereas you got Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder, Matt Walsh, uh, uh, Jack Posobiec, or whoever that is, Mike Cernovich. And then on the, you know, the other end of the, the other side of the spectrum, there's guys like, you know, like Chapo Trap House or um, who, whoever, so that Sam Cedar guy. I don't know. I don't know who the there's all the leftist guy. Oh, you know, all the right and leftist guys, socialist, capitalist, Marxist, fascist, whatever you want to call them. And I've been I've been trying to figure out where do I land on on the grift spectrum when it when it comes to political podcasting. And I, I think I finally figured it figured out where I am on that. Because uh, I've gone back and forth between like, is capitalism good or bad? Is socialism good or bad? What are these things? Where are we headed? What would be the best option? And I think I finally landed somewhere, and, and I've determined that I am a staunch feudalist. This is now a feudalist, pro-feudalist podcast. This is a we have to return to feudalism. I'm convinced that there's so many people now and, and things are getting so di- like disproportionate in terms of wealth and resources and who owns the land and re- like who has control over what and I, we got I'm convinced that it's time to return to a feudalist system uh, because we are we're, we're getting there. We, we effectively the middle class has dissolved it's not coming back the the people that have the wealth the lords and kings essentially i mean it's already what the, the oligarchs possess all of the wealth and resources 
and then the rest of us are left as, as crabs in a bucket trying scrambling within this broken system to to just scrape and survive with no chance of any real like for most of us upward mobility or, or chance of even like ever thriving you know, like we're really just struggling to survive and i'm convinced that within that within the the, the sizable population in this country i'm absolutely convinced that most people are incapable of taking care of themselves and that's the real issue is is that this this expectation that everyone in this country is supposed to go out and get a job and work their way up the ranks and get a 401k or do do a what blah 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 40 hours a week do what they're supposed to do or go to college and learn something and then get a good job uh i'm convinced that there's very few people capable of actually building any like get like maintaining a, a respectable life and working a, a decent job and building something and taking care of themselves i think most people do not possess the faculties or, or the the mental uh, strength or, or wherewithal to actually take care of themselves. I think we have much more like IQ thirty people in this country than we do, you know, like IQ one eighty or whatever is a good IQ. I, I'm IQ thirty. I can't I can't take care of myself. But I think that's the the reality is that we have a a country that is mostly peasant class. And then very, very, a very small percentage is actually capable of taking care of themselves and owning property and, you know, driving a car and, and, and living the, you know, the, the typical, like what has been the typical American life. So we got to get back to feudalism where the land, the property, everything, or the resources, the town itself is owned by you know, the fiefdom, I think is what it would be called is owned by like a lord or a duke or whatever and then you know ultimately everything is is ruled by the king and, and the the lord of, of whatever particular fiefdom you're in expects the 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 peasant class does provide labor and, and offers up the the fruits of their labor percentage of it to the lord they, they offer their resources as you know a uh, payment for being able to live on the land and in these properties and, and, and uh have access to utilities and everything like that and, and you know and, and that's the exchange and and you know if, if you research the, this sort of thing like i just did where i skimmed a wikipedia article uh a typical peasant in in, in those in like medieval europe worked anywhere from 150 to 175 days a year and then the rest of the year you just you know just chill out just hang out you know school's out for summer baby and that was feudalism and and, and that slowly dissolved and was replaced by like mercantilism and, and market the marketplace and the free market and exchange of goods and services and ideas and, and that eventually that developed and, and it was innovated over time and eventually festered into this ultra capitalistic system we have now where everybody is constantly in this endless pursuit of capital and material material things and wealth and resources and, and everybody's obsessed with just owning stuff and building things building upon building upon building everything to, and it's it's a blight, a cancer upon humanity. What, what what's happening with the uh, this, this this sort of just you know rampant capitalism that we exist in, and, and you know as I think about this, it's like okay, well then what's the solution to this? Uh, you know, it's it's like there, there is the pull yourself up by the bootstraps thing where it's it's like work hard, work smart, make money, be a part of this capitalistic structure, get yours. But I don't. <clears throat> obviously, I want to get mine, but I, I'm not. I'm not like particularly like an individualist. Like I care about myself and I care about other people. So I'm not interested in just getting mine and pulling the ladder up with me, like a lot of people do. You know, I, I want to be like part of the the humanity and the rest of the world. Like I, I don't have any like real desire for like 
you know, like huge wealth and power. Like I, I truly just want to like live comfortably and be free from the burden of, uh, like having to pursue, you know, like the material world really. But that's like, <clears throat> if you have that mindset, you know, you'll never be rich. You'll never, you know, like that's not how I become the first billionaire podcaster. I'll tell you that. But then, you know, so a lot of people now are saying the solution to all this is socialism. The, the, the sort of like communal effort of all of us working together to further not the individual, but the collective. To, to push humanity further as as one. And, and, um, and you know, that will never, like, that's just not going to work out. Because there's always going to be... Uh, megalomaniacal, e you know, egotistical sociopaths that hoard all like the wealth and resources of this planet that that wish to you know uh, maintain you know these hierarchies, and they they won't allow us to exist in, in you know a a galactic commune much like Star Trek, you know. So, like, just understanding human nature, the, you know, the, 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 there's just not any way for socialism to work, just get, given the fact that, like, we, we know how humans work. Like, there's never going to be, like, the, the people in charge, the people with power and real money and wealth and resources are not going to allow that to happen. But they also can't expect the rest of us to take care of ourselves and play this same game, like, the game, like, for eternity when the price of everything is going up, wages are not increasing and, and people are getting, you know, just overworked and underpaid rent is going up. And it's like, you know, clean slate, nobody, you know, the peasant class, there's the peasant class. And then there's the royalty, the Lords and Dukes and the rulers of the fight them all the way up to the King. And then the rest of us are in the peasant class. We can't take care of ourselves. Right. And, and so we we live on their land in their property and do the work that they ask us to do uh you know anywhere from 150 to 175 days of the out of the year offer unto them the fruits of our labor the resources they ask of us and then we fuck off the rest of the year because everything is provided to us by the ruling class by the the lords and dukes of the fiefdom and then those of us in the peasant class can go have a have a mead at the tavern. You know what I'm saying? We need like so. I'm <clears throat> I got to read more on this. I'm really talking out of my ass on this right now. But much like any political ideologue that has popped up over the last seven to eight years, I have discovered a new political ideology that I don't know much about, and it's time to make that my entire identity for my uh going forward for myself for this show and and make and i will and, and that will be my mission statement moving forward is i am a staunch hardcore feudalist this is now a feudalist podcast and we have to return to uh what do they call it moran or the the system by which the peasants work and pay the pay the lord and the duke uh <laughs> So that's, I'm going to research this more and then I, I will uh, talk about this incessantly, make it my entire identity and then uh, and then co collect Patreon subscribers somehow, somehow based on that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It, it, <clears throat> and that, you know, maybe that is the way, the way, uh, the, where things are headed uh, anyway, like just naturally, like clearly the the people in charge with like all the people with like billions of dollars are already positioning themselves to not even be kings like i think they want to be gods like they want to live forever and, and just you know have control over everything forever and it's like yeah let them let them let them be gods and then let the let us peasants just chill out have a, have some meads at the tavern and then we get to die we get to fucking just get out of here and then you know a hundred years from now there's there's children that worship the very real god that is elon musk the, like a tangent like a corporeal god like the 
god that exists and walks amongst the people and and, and dunks on the libs <laughs> and and, do, and does like epic bacon memes from on high <laughs> that's that's the god elon musk and then i don't know the god bezos uh won't won't let you go to the bathroom <laughs> you know you you have to ask god bezos anytime you want to go take a pp um which you know that's what that's what the where that's what working at the amazon warehouse is like you know you gotta ask permission to go take a pp um and they won't let you no you only get one half hour break out of a 10 hour shift and it is a 10 minute break 10 minute walk to the break room so you have 30 minutes to eat your lunch and do your business in the lavatory 20 minutes of which are spent walking from the conveyor belt to the break room it is a dickensian nightmare those warehouses but it's all that entire labor force is gonna get replaced by robots anyway because the the robots are more efficient and uh you know they don't they don't uh you know they don't require water and you know proper safety measures to be met and you know that whole chestnut i only did the job for like two weeks and i just stopped going i was like fuck this i'm too smart i'll do podcasting later on um uh, yeah i mean yeah everything's scary right now everything's very scary they say we're on the verge of world war three and our military is not quit equipped, is not ready to fight because there's drag queens in the United States Army now. And it's it's like, did anybody did what did nobody watch Mash? I mean, Klinger was was always in a dress, and he was a damn fine soldier. So it's nothing new that there's that there's dudes in dresses in the United States military. It's just some. It's just something that people like to get upset about. <clears throat> I get. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that's all of a sudden a thing. People are mad about like drag and trans stuff, and it's like that's been that's been around forever. Like that's not. It's not like anything new. Uh, like there, there's always been like drag queens and like the the, the whole spectrum of like there's dudes who want to dress up like women, but they don't want to be women, and then. Sometimes they're not even necessarily gay, and then there's, you know, people that were born male that want to become female, and female that want to become male. Uh, that, like that, that's always been like. I feel like that's always existed to to some degree, and, and now it's like this this uh, great fear amongst the uh, a, a lot of people, especially now that there's drag queens in the military. Um which it's is, but that that has no bearing on like the, their capabilities as a serviceman and you don't even know like and the people that like are complaining about this stuff are like have i don't think they have any fucking clue what they're even talking about because there's like so many different jobs that exist in the military it's, it's like well these the, like the drag queens may not even necessarily be like people that would are, are going like would go on the front line this might just be like an it guy or something like this might just be somebody who works in it or or fly like sits at like the bit you know nellis air force base in nevada and you know bombs a wedding in yemen with a drone just a dude just a dude dressed up like mimi from the drew carey show slaughtering yemenese weddings with with, with drones <laughs> That could be what, you know, that's what those people are. They're not the ones that, you know, we're putting uh, M, what, six, M5s, M16s, whatever the guns are the infantry uses. Yeah, they're not the ones we're putting those rifles in in the hands of. In fact, I would say that, like, when you, like, the job you're given in the military, I think, is, like, determined by, like, your, your intelligence, like, when you take the ASFAB. And, and so I, I would imagine that like any a drag queen, uh, it like possesses more emotional maturity and overall intelligence than like a, a meathead infantryman. Not to say that like any guy on the infantry is stupid, 
or uh, lacking in any way. It's just that in terms of like capabilities that someone who is a drag queen is, is certainly like obviously creative. They're handy with a, with a sewing needle and, and know how to like put things together. So they seem to possess like these qualities that may probably don't lend themselves to infantry or artillery but are, are great for maybe like administrative work or drone operation or something like that. And, and so these videos are like these people in the military that they say, you know, we're doomed if we go to war. It's like, um, like the infantrymen probably are still just like guys who like chew tobacco, scratch their nuts. And, and if, you know, and if they are gay, there's, you know, they're those like really cool kinds of gays. They're really tough. You don't. You wouldn't even know they're gay until they fuck you in the ass, uh, like the neighbor in American Beauty who kills Kevin Spacey at the end of the movie, because he, because he was ashamed of how gay he was, because he was a, he was a marine, and and he had the hots for that beefcake Kevin Spacey, so he had to fucking kill him, because he couldn't handle being gay anymore. Um. <laughs> And I've also seen that uh, 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 there there's a uh, point of contention amongst uh, uh, pe people, you know, really concerned with the Israel-Palestine conflict. I've, I've seen that uh, some people are upset that Taylor Swift has not made a statement yet. Her silence is deafening, and that is psychotic to me that anyone expects her to say anything or cares about what she has to say regarding this conflict. It's also wildly irresponsible to try and get her to say anything because I don't like, I don't think I, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic here when I say that. If she speaks on this issue, on this conflict at all, whatever her opinion may be, even if it's the most beautifully eloquent, nuanced opinion of all time, the best opinion that anyone's ever had on anything, it is going to have drastic ramifications in geopolitics, in the global landscape. It's going to move chess pieces and turn the tides in ways that we can't even imagine because that she has like arguably the most power wealth in and influence of any entertainer right now to the to the point where i don't like i it would be irresponsible it would be dangerous of her to say anything publicly about this i just can't i can't imagine that going well in any way if she actually says anything about Israel and Palestine just keep going to Kansas City and having fun and, and, and enjoying the football games Taylor because you know because it's like she's just she's too she's too big she can't you know it's like all these other like A-list celebrities are, are ants compared to her like these lists that are going out of like the pro-Israel pro Palestine celebrities it's like 30 40 different celebrities on those lists and it's not moving the needle at all in, in any real way Taylor Swift just merely has to whisper like that like that Marvel character Black Bolt you know if he opens his mouth and says anything it, it can level an entire planet so if T Taylor Swift just, just issue makes a peep about this it, it, you know the butterfly effect that follows the hurricane that that uh, blows through the the geopolitical landscape will have devastating effects, unforeseen consequences. Should Taylor open her mouth, and I I think she knows this. She's smart. That's the other that's the other argument people like people try to dunk on her for like she's she's like a climate activist, like she's very environmentally uh minded and, and wants to like clean up the environment and, and you know she she makes these like posts or announce says things about how we got to fix climate change and then people try to clown on her because it's like oh you say you care about the climate or blah 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 but you still fly in a private jet the emission the emissions from a private jet are 
you know, whatever the nerds, you know, the numbers they got cooked up. And, uh, you know, for, for a lot of other entertainers, you know, that fly private, I could see, um, the hypocrisy, you know, of, of that. Like if there was like, you know, like, like if 21 Savage or Lil Uzi Vert or somebody like that was going on and on about climate change, but still flying private, I could see how that's hypocritical because like you could you just go fly first class like you know you, you don't have to fly private but with taylor swift it's like i people like people need to understand that she she does exist as as like a hindu god among the clouds like she cannot like muck around with the rest of us like she can't like if she if she goes to like you know, like Dallas Fort Worth Airport, it'll it'll be gone. The entire airport will be gone in like twenty minutes. It'll it'll be raised to the ground. It'll, it, people will turn into like the uh, the infected from twenty eight days later. They'll go rabid and start clawing and biting at each other, trying to to not. They don't even know what they're doing at that point. They just see Taylor Swift and they it, it it'll infect their minds and, and drive them into a frenzy, into madness. Uh, you can, like that level of, of celebrity will like induce some sort of like psychosis or hysteria to in the public. She can't like go to a fucking airport or even like a restaurant. She like ex- she just has to exist in this like as Rush calls it the gilded cage. Truly, so yeah, she she has to fly private, like for not just for her safety, for like the safety of the world, for the the, the population. <laughs> she can't she can't be amongst those i mean i know like you know i know she's still human but i mean not really like you know she she's kind of like transcended whatever being human is like i look at the that's the weird thing about like i look at those pictures of her and, and travis kelsey together and like i always feel like in, in any public appearance she makes she has to like present as though she's still human and and then like behind closed doors she she's just like a, a like a glowing light of pure energy that exists beyond like our understanding of of, of anything in the universe. Uh, you know she she's she's just um, you know the the it, 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 like a man, a manifestation of like entropy in the universe, and, and then when, when it's time to go on stage. She puts her skin suit back on, and it's the tailor we all know and love. Uh, <laughs> if that makes you know, if that makes any sense. Uh, I hope everybody's been enjoying the song reactions I've been doing. Uh, you know, th- I know this is not this is lost in the maze, not the Caucasian critic, but go ahead and send me some suggestions if you want to see me react to a song. Uh, I, I like doing all that, and. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I mean, other, other than all that, you know, I just, I hope all y'all are doing well during these, these turbulent, troublesome times. You know, I know it can be, uh, 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 uh stressful. It can be, it, this, times like these can cause a lot of anxiety, a lot of dread in all of us. So it's important to, to take care of your mental health. And by that, I mean, never go see a therapist call your closest friend and talk to them and if they tell you if they say something like hey i'm not your therapist what they mean is they're not your friend boom you just found out who your real friends are by making these phone calls you found out who you can talk to who can actually help you through times like these but i want to encourage everyone never talk to a therapist that is a scam and it's designed to keep you going to that therapist and to internalize within you that all of your issues and and fears and anxieties and and, uh uh behavioral patterns everything can be attributed to something found in the like the dsm-5 they that they that it can all be you know whittled down to some ailment or, or or some like medical definition and uh you, you know and, and it's it's all it's all like so, this elaborate like pseudoscience medical scam to get you to just keep paying 150 dollars an hour 
to talk to someone you don't even know and they don't know you and 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 they don't like they necessarily don't even care if you ever get better they like you're paying it's a transactional relationship whereas you have actual call your friends and figure out which one is actually willing to talk to you and lend you an ear and don't be selfish lend your ear to them as well to back and forth it's a game of badminton but that you know that's what we can do in these times remember to call each other to maintain those connections deepen them and never support the meta the mental health uh industry that's if you take away anything from anything i've ever had to say never see a therapist never see a psychiatrist don't take antidepressants don't take anti-anxiety medication try to stay away from pharmaceuticals try to stay away from pharmaceuticals as much as you can and that doesn't mean try like turn to like eastern medicine or anything like that just eat healthy drink lots of water and if it really comes down to it take a pill if your doctor prescribes it has to prescribe it to you but never go see a psychiatrist um <laughs> in time you know in times like these the real medicine is, is uh love <laughs> uh yeah yeah i uh it's good it's good to have friends i just started talking to people again after my brain accident my coma and it's it's nice to talk to people and, and figure out like you know where they are in life how they're doing and realize that like oh i'm i am really at rock bottom these people they have savings accounts cars families houses and i am uh truly lost and don't know what i'm gonna do or how i'm going to survive but that's what podcasting is for folks that's that's how we, that's how we uh that's how we get out of this i said we getting at the hood with this one uh we getting at we getting at, at we getting at the maze with this one. You know what I'm saying? All right, I, I shouldn't get too. I don't want to get too melancholy. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously I'm looking too inward uh, at, at this point. So um, I was probably sitting too far away from the microphone for a lot of this recording. So uh, forgive me for that. But uh, that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, this was uh, Lost in the Maze Nine. Patreon.com/slash/cornfed with Dalton Pruitt. Uh, rate, review, subscribe spam social media about this show and uh uh and and, and i i guess like uh, th uh thank you i love you that's what i have to say i love i love you